Hey man, how you be? Good, awesome. Welcome back to Seattle. It's good to be back. It feels like it feels like you were just here, man. When when was the last time? I think oh, Jake's. You were just here. I was. I was in Jake's house. At, at Jake's house. Yeah. But I. But man, Taiwan. It was off the charts, man. Yeah, trashed in Taiwan. I did. <laughs> I did. Me and about three hundred uh, Asians. That's that, awesome. Yeah, and. And they all had like the I still I still call them SARS mask. Yeah, like, like the the mask, but but like all the videos that I saw, it just looked like things were just getting un, un, just unhinged there. Like people were just going crazy. It looked like amazing meetings there. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, um, interestingly, like just thinking about the masks and stuff, um, because a lot of prophets have been saying that this is the year of the mouth. Okay, have you heard that? Yeah, right, right. So. How would the how would the enemy like try to stop you from speaking? He'd want to put a mask on you. Interesting, yeah, yeah. So um, when we were there at the meetings, I was like, "Listen, guys, you can't drink with these masks on, like, because they were all like, li- like you had to poke a hole and put a straw in." Yeah, it. they were all like, they all had these masks on, and I'm like, "This isn't gonna work for me. Like, I can't even see your face." Like, um, yeah. So you know, I just had everybody take their mask off, and and the Lord told me that. The joy of the Lord is their strength. So how do you destroy like sickness and disease? You destroy it with with joy. So everybody just got hammered in the place. That's and, awesome. Yeah. That, so it was that, awesome. That, was it like that from night one, or or did it? Like, um, or I did. did the, I did like... the afternoon session. I came in um, and lit the place on fire, and in the middle of my message, because I was talking about getting in the river, uh, a storm came. And it just literally just poured buckets, man, like like spontaneously, just boom, out of nowhere, just poof, the whole entire place. Just you could hear wow. it. it was still rain was so loud. You could hear it in the building. Wow. And um, people were laid out everywhere, just getting whacked, man. I mean, just just hammered in the spirit. It was awesome. That is so awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, that it, it, that's so good, right? Like, it, like we all need that right now. We all like we all need joy. Right now, we all need a lot Joy. of stuff. Yeah. We need a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so you you had like millionaires, you had people that were uh, very influential, seriously rolling around on the ground, like whacked out of their their skulls, and it was awesome. It. And, and you the, pa- the, the pastors are cool with that kind of thing over there. Like, oh, dude, that's what we want, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like the, 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 the conference leaders and everything. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Jedediah is awesome. He, oh, he's Jedediah. all yeah. about it, man. I've heard good things about him. Yeah, he's all about like the move of God. So it was good. Yeah. So what? It, like this last week, um, my uh, stock portfolio uh, crashed hard. 
because mm-hmm. um, of the whole coronavirus thing, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff um, coming out about that right now, especially in the media. Like if you're not freaked out right now, you should be. Right, because this thing is coming to a neighborhood near you, right? Mm. Like even in our school where our kids are at, we just got a, a uh, an email from the principal saying that they've uh, like if if you've been to any of these countries, there's a list of countries that you're not allowed to step foot onto the property of the school for like two weeks until you know, like so people are starting to really get kind of kind of uh, freaked out about this. Yeah. But then there's this whole other side, like like the the Shambles did you see what he posted on his like on his instagram i think it's today or yesterday no. but basically saying like this whole thing is basically a, a, a like a, a a media a hyped up media kind of kind of a thing and that there is a cure that's going to be coming out he said he saw people like in basically in the spirit working on a cure like right now oh that's you know, awesome he, he believes that something's going to come out like very soon and that you know yeah you know, we shouldn't give in to any of the fear stuff but what uh what's your take on Well, I mean, I had a couple different things happen. I mean, um, two years ago, I released that word about um, biological warfare, um, and that's out there. And then when I was on the plane headed over, um, I I fell asleep, and um, I saw Kenneth Hagin came out of the cloud. (laughs) Come on. And he started talking to me about about the coronavirus, and he said that they they were going to find a cure. Wow, and he said, but um, he said that the people of God shouldn't fear because there's healing already in their hands. So the cure is already there. Christ was the cure, and so we have nothing to fear. Yeah. Um, and then for the people of the world, that there will be a natural cure. And then it's wild, but in in the meeting in in um, in Taiwan, I believe it was another afternoon session I was doing. I saw this massive angel come down over Asia wow. with this sword. And um, I, I said, Lord, what is that? I said, that sword, what is it? He said, that's the sword of the Lord. Wow. And I saw the sword go into Asia, like, like go down. And then I saw the angel go down again like that. And he said, I've sent the angel of the Lord to deal with the coronavirus. Wow. 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 And um, and so I, I I I told the people what I saw, and um, and just released the word of the Lord concerning that God was gonna God was gonna deal with the corona, and um, two hours later I'm in my hotel room, and I'm just like waiting on the Lord because I got to do the meeting that night, I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, dude, the whole entire building just starts shaking. And I'd never been in an earthquake before. I was like, what in the world's going on? The whole building starts shaking. We had a 5.7 earthquake. Wow. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, we had another earthquake. It was a 5.1. Wow. So it was back-to-back earthquakes right in that area that we were at. And I just I, I know that it was a, 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 you know, a sign yeah, absolutely. for what the angel was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's pretty crazy. You always kind of wonder, you know, I think just the, the whole kind of conspiracy thing is, is always kind of in the air, especially around everything that's happening with the election and just all of the, um, the, just the influence of media right now is, mm-hmm. is, is huge. Yeah. And so, uh, in fact, I don't know, it almost kind of feels like on one hand that media may have more, 
uh, influence over just kind of like the the American kind of psyche and narrative more so now than maybe any time in in, in history. One hundred percent. You know, but it's but also you gotta you gotta realize that people are um, figuring out the narratives because social media and now technology allows for guys like me and you to be able to go live and just talk about whatever we want. And when you find out, like, there has been things that have happened in the past that aren't necessarily true that the media has done, um, then you begin to question the narratives that are being presented, you know? So it's it's like you saying your stocks went down. Um, my, my parents are trying to buy more. They're like, this is the time to buy. Like, buy everything, anything that looks good. Like, my mom's texting me, like, four times, and she's like, are you gonna buy anything? Like, what? What are absolutely, you doing? Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 oh, like I, mean, I, I did fifty percent last year in the stock market just mm-hmm. because I only bought on real bad days and then sold on good days, right? Like yeah. that was my. But then this year, um, got sloppy, got selfish. <laughs> I just love my stuff in the market, but yeah, like now is the time to buy, right? Like, yeah. I think there's like a Jewish uh, saying. I hope this is true, but it's like when there's blood and. St- when there's blood in the streets, buy real estate, mm-hmm. right? Like, like when everything's kind of hitting the fan, that's the time to be really stepping in. That's when the, that's when there's great opportunity. Well, you but, know the story of the Rockefellers, how they made all their money. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, I can't tell you the story like exactly, sure. but you should. But you know, even the people that are listening to this, they should look it up because okay. um, uh, it was the father um, went back. And this is, you know, uh, this is way before, um, uh, you know, television or anything or, or even, um, you know, any kind of media other than newspapers. And he brought back the re- a report to the UK that, um, that they had lost the war. And so as a result of that, all the stocks plummeted. Wow. And he bought everything. Wow. Wow. And then when they found out that it didn't, it turned around, and that's how they made their millions. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the scenario. I mean, I'm I'm just giving you the sure. the overall picture of the story of what how how the Rockefellers made all their money. Yeah, but it is interesting as far as just seeing basically what's coming. Excuse out. me, the Rothschilds, not the okay. Rockefellers. Yeah. yeah, but the link, the tie between what hits what hits the headlines and then the corresponding um uh behavior that ha- happened that takes place within the within the marketplace and within the stock market and all that right like, yeah it, it it's interesting it, it also like a, a good friend of mine um julio you remember him he used to be here uh uh on, on part of our team but i remember he was talking about how um it just it's called currency you know, when it comes to the economy, that, that what we use for our, you know, for our currency, like, like that currency carries a current. And so the, the, the attachment between finances and our own kind of psyche and the way that we, so if we're linked up, if, if there's, if there's that kind of soul attachment between what's, what, what happens in the marketplace and what happens mm-hmm. within our own hearts, even if we're not even aware of what's happening in the market, if there's that kind of attachment there, yeah. and then if the media has access to be able to control what's happening in the market. That's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 You know where all the masks come from are all from China. Are they really? <laughs> I said, I wish I would have got on on the mask industry because we making 
invest into that. Oh my goodness, you're making so much money right now. And then on top of the tariffs that are, that especially in the U.S. Yeah, like um, Bryn was making a joke the other uh, the other day on her on her Instagram. She put up this like mask with the with the the whole like the whole like glass and stuff like that yeah. that she was going to make me wear on the airplanes and um yeah hazmat suit kind of thing like. yeah 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 we and and she was she she saw it on amazon she went back like three minutes later and it, and you, it was unavailable like you couldn't even buy it because it sold out that quick yeah so wow yeah, so somebody's making a lot of money yeah 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 dude like so you, you guys just did a school there and we're, so you're in meridian falls you're, you're settled in now yeah uh, you're, out there. you're able to do schools on site and you're able to host conferences mm-hmm. um and and in that immediate kind of region you're, you're not doing these conferences on site right um but like the way that you're running this year is different than the way you were running in 2019 as far as where you're really focusing your energy and especially because i know We've known each other for a couple of years, and like, and typically, man, you're running hard, just nonstop kind of travel. But it looks like in 2020, you're really focusing. You're still traveling a lot. You're still hitting the pavement a lot. But it looks like you're being very intentional as far as creating like a real equipping resources and opportunities to really like go deep with people in, into some stuff. And so that'd be kind of fun to talk about that. Like, like, kind of like, like maybe not just even the future of your ministry, but where you think the, the where we need to see ministry start going deeper mm-hmm. and, and 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 so yeah kind of like the future i guess of 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 equipping within the church and some of these real things that make you excited outside of just kind of the normal kind of conference thing yeah uh yeah so we're excited about being out there i felt the lord wanted us to to move and um kind of start to create a community and so we're 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 working towards that and one of the things we've been doing, like you said, is these schools. We just did the first one. It's a mystical prayer school. And um, I really kind of sought the Lord on it, uh, how to present it. Because everything is so um, media-driven, like online, mm-hmm. and, and you can get access to everything online. But I wanted to make our schools more intimate. So I took fewer number of students. We, we ran about 35 and uh, it's an intensive. So starts Thursday, goes through Saturday, three sessions a day. And I think the first Thursday night, bro, was five hours of teaching. And that's not worship. No worship. That's just that's just I mean, straight up teaching. Straight up like teaching. Four, it was like at least four solid hours of, of teaching. What did that feel like? Like what was that? What was that atmosphere like? Oh, bro, it was charged. People were getting... <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And by and by um Friday night, um, it was lit, dude. Like we prayed in tongues for like an hour. Wow. And because I, I taught on like frequencies and vibrations and uh connecting with heaven's sound. And you could you could hear over the top of people like singing in the spirit, you could hear angelic like like voices coming in. And so I want to create an atmosphere where it's just permeated with the glory. I don't care about numbers. I don't care uh, uh, about mass producing anything. What I care about is impartation, activation, and getting people into an environment that is conducive for encounter. And so that's what we're, we're, we're working towards and we're loving it. So we, we're, we're doing those schools and then we got our conference coming up in April. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Because it's all about, for us, it's all about the mystical realm and all about outpouring. That's all, that's all I'm going after this decade. Yeah, when it comes to your conferences, um, are there are there some things that you think are going to be really kind of like unique and different about um, your conference, whether it's the agenda or it's the kind of intentional kind of atmosphere that you're trying to create? Like, like um, you know, because uh, for the most part, there's kind of like a, a template that we've had for, for conferences, which which is great. You know, this is kind of a template that we use here at SRC, but I'm wondering just as far as kind of like your, your blueprint out there in Radian Falls and just kind of everything that you guys are doing definitely seems to have kind of more like kind of a, a cool kind of prophetic edge to it and something that's i mean it's especially like the school right like doing a school with um three sessions a day where you're doing four hour teaching blocks like that's that's pretty new that's pretty different you know yeah and so when it comes to um the conference coming up you've got uh kirby from uh sri lanka yeah. uh, uh coming in you've got uh millie bennett which i i think that is so cool yeah uh uh, uh, Johan Van Rensburg doing yeah, the worship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, one thing that we were, I, I didn't even realize until you know Bryn told me. She said our conference is international, in the sense of okay, Kirby is from Sri Lanka, uh, Millie is from England. And um, Johan is from South Africa. Wow! Right. And then of course you know we're from we're from heaven. Me and my wife. <laughs> my wife is anyways. <laughs> Honey. Anyways, uh, so um, I, I just wanted to create, and I know this is what you do with your conferences. You, you I want to be in a, I want to go, I want to create an atmosphere and do a conference that I would be excited about going to. Yeah, come on. And have guys that I want to listen to that I know that are carrying the stuff. Yeah. And, and so that's what we're, we're wanting to do up there. And we're just letting it rip, man. That's so awesome. Bring, bring, bring it, bring it as hard as you can, and um, and we want to see, we want to see God pour out His Spirit. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. No, that, that that that's awesome. Um, and then uh, I, was, I was wondering you, that the Isakar Initiative, um, and some of the things that are coming up with these gatherings of of um like-hearted individuals and like seems like the, there's some interesting things happening in 2020 um, oh you're talking about the thing i'm doing with we're doing with mark yeah i don't know if that's something that you guys can talk about or if that's something that yeah yeah it's not it's it's a little separate from his issachar thing that he does oh is it okay um we got it me and him got into a discussion one night about um kind of just the prophetic and then you know, people that are really going after the things of the spirit. And, and so we're, we're talking about Mark Schrona right now, right. just to kind of catch people up. Right. And uh, so there's this thing that he does called the Iscar Initiative, but this is actually something different uh, that's happening in March. Yeah. And uh, so you, you were on the phone chatting with Mark and you were just starting to kind of get into a conversation. Sorry. I just wanted to kind of yeah, bring, and I, bring and some I wanted context. To, you might be Mark, I, I Mark wanted could... to, you know, um, get into a room with guys that I, or, you know, guys and gals that uh, in in kind of start to talk about stuff in our generation, mm-hmm. um, and uh, see where it leads. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what we're doing, and um, I contacted about twenty five people, and so we're going to do a two day event down there, and uh, just have some discussions theologically, and then yeah. 
talk about the move of the move of the spirit and what it looks like in our generation. Yeah. It's so good. We, we were having a conversation yesterday with Patricia and she was talking about the need she felt. It almost seemed like it was kind of an epiphany moment for her and just chatting with her. She was like, you know what we need? We need to start creating opportunities to begin the gathering at tables, but like small gatherings where we can begin to dive into some of these conversations. It wasn't necessarily theological as far as what, what I think she was, what she was seeing. Um, uh, but it is interesting that people are starting to see the need um, uh, to they're starting to see the value for for small gatherings where people can be relationally connected. Right. It, where where we're not just getting together to um, uh, to share our own kind of token revelation, our own, you know, like like this is my revelation. You know, it, it, I'm going to give it and then I want you to see me at the book table at the back and, you know, and I'll sign your book kind of thing. Right. But like, but a place where we can actually have open hearts and open minds right. where, where we can actually really learn and grow and do it in the context of being with peers. Right. And not just being with people that are kind of looking up to us. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not going to be like a debate forum. It's more of a dis- open discussion. And, um, you know, Bishop Sharon will be leading it. And uh, what is the what is what is the real uh, what does the prophetic look like? What is the spirit of prophecy? You know, because Hebrews chapter one says that in sometime drive in the past that God spoke to his prophets. But in this day, he has spoken to us by his son. Mm-hmm. So God speaks through speaks by his son or the language that he speaks is son. So that's kind of the premise for some of the stuff, and and obviously, uh, Dr. Schroen is brilliant, so he'll he'll be bringing away some uh, to a level that I could I can't. So yeah, yeah. It, it, do you think that like because um, it's kind of interesting the whole thing of like relate because the kingdom of God it, it's a small kingdom after all, right? And and uh, and and to a certain degree, we're all kind of cheering each other on. And yet, it's 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 a small kingdom. Yet, I, and I could be wrong. I don't know what you think about this, but it also feels like it's also kind of still an isolated kingdom. Because you can be in the stream with you can be in the same stream. You can be in, a, I mean, uh, in a prophetic stream, and, right. and and you can have have peers that you're kind of like kind of cheering on from a distance, and yet not really be all that connected. With that, I mean, do you agree? Do you agree with that, or like? No, one hundred percent. That's one of the reasons that I w- wanted to do it was not just so that you, we're going to get together and you know you're going to share whatever the Lord's saying, which happens a lot, but also to have fellowship with with like-minded people that may not even necessarily be in your stream. Uh, I, I don't even know what stream I'm in, to be honest with you. I've been trying to You're figure in the that higher out. Higher level revelatory. I don't know, man. Where I'm at, I, I, I go realm. into so many different places and hang out with so many different, different uh, kind of uh, streams that I just blends. It all blends into one for me, you know. Like I, I like Word of Faith guys, super prophetic, eagle type people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> river people, uh, you know, I, I like, I like the whole, the whole thing. So Eagle river people seems and, like an oxymoron. It kind of seems like you don't really ever see eagles just like s- sitting on a river, <laughs> the ducks, you know, like <laughs> uh, Eagle river people. 
But I, I've noticed that um, <laughs> I've noticed that that um, usually when I go to these places, like if if it's if it's like a, a word of faith type atmosphere, yeah. I find myself being really charismatic, and I think that's because God wants to break down all these walls that we have. Yeah, and um, so yeah, yeah, you, you know, you'll end up saying stuff that may not necessarily be what they agree with but may i i i think god brings me into places as a disruptor yeah come on honestly come on i think he wants to disrupt our plans i think that he wants to he wants to disrupt dismantle um the ways that we've been thinking because people will read read um their bible and they'll have the, their Bible that they've had for 25 years and has all of their revelations in it. And they can't see anything else, you know. And sometimes you got to put that Bible that you got on the shelf and get you a brand new one so that God can give you a fresh revelation. Yeah, that's Because he right. wants to give you fresh manna every day. And that's one of the things about the overcoming spirit is God will give you the manna, you know, from, from, from Eden. Yeah, yeah. It's daily, every day. And um, I don't think I've ever preached the same sermon twice. And I, maybe that's just the, the way that I am. I never go really on a outline. Like if people look at my notes, they're like, dude, I don't even like sermon outlines. <laughs> I got into so much trouble when I was in Bible school because they were like, this isn't even a sermon outline. What is this? I'm like, this is my notes. And they're like, that is so just that doesn't even make any sense. Um, but I think like the way that the the Lord has made me is just to flow in that river, you know, that's funny that, that when, when I was in Bible school, the class that I almost failed was expository teaching. And so, um, my professor was asked if I would redo my message and re-preach it and put on a recording and send it to him. And, um, and I looked at the grade and I was like, wait, I passed the class. Like, why would I do all that work? I, I passed like, like nobody's going to care about my GPA. I passed. No, we're done. Like, God bless you. Like we're moving on. But you know, that was humbling because I, I, I thought I was a pretty good expository preacher. (laughs) You know, you're, I was like, like, I've always like, like, I'm sure my notes were a mess, but like, I, like I actually enjoy that. Give me three verses out of the Bible. Give me three crazy ones. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And then here he is like being like, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) It was kind of humbling. Good thing for Bible school, right? (laughs) I, yeah, well, I, I was, uh, I was doing a um, a chapel when I was in Bible college. Did you guys have chapels? Well, I did it through the assembly, so it was like correspondence. So oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't get the real kind of college scene. But yeah, I went. I, I got asked to um, do one of the um, one of the chapels. Like I got to share for a certain amount of time. Um, I guess because they 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 saw that I was like praying in my room and all that stuff, so I was pretty dedicated to the Lord or whatever. So, but you had to turn in your your sermon outline of what you were going to be ministering. And so, so I turned my, my, my message in and the guy that's looking at my message, he's like, you can't preach any of this. <laughs> and I was like, what? And, and now mind you, I'm like 18, I'm 18 years old, 19 years old. And, um, like this is Mormonism. I'm, I'm like, well, I'm like new. I'm like new to the kingdom, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I grew up in church, but like n- new in the kingdom, you know? Right. Like, I'm just spending hours in, in with the Lord, like reading the word yeah. and like, you know, just 
getting in the sauce or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so he was like, you can't preach any of this stuff. And I was like, why? And he was like, I know where you got this from. And I'm thinking, man, I spent like five hours, like, you know, a day just soaking in the presence of God and got this. He's like, I know the prophet, and I won't name the prophet's name on here, but he's like, I know the prophet that you got this from. This is his notes, and we don't believe in any of that stuff here. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, and he named the person, and I was like, who's that? <laughs> he, he, goes, he goes, you don't know who so-and-so? Pro-? He's like, I don't even consider him a prophet, but he calls himself a prophet, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I was like what? what's his name? And he and he, he told me his name again. He was and 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 he was like, yeah, that guy's a false prophet. He's not. And and so I wrote his name down because I was like, I know where I got this stuff from because I was spending time in heaven. So I'm gonna go listen to this guy because he. I mean, I've never even heard of him, but he's here from the same source that I'm hearing from. So and that was your first time preaching. Was that? Or no, that was your first time. Uh, I mean, kind of chapel, first time, first time, like, uh, yeah, preaching in chapel. Like, I came, I came out of a church that was was a wild place, man. Like, we were, and they would let you preach from time oh, to time. Oh yeah, man, they would just hand you the mic and you would just <laughs> Sweet. if you and, and 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 you had to know how to preach. Like, you had to bring it every time. So it wasn't there wasn't no uh, there was no <laughs> off days, you know. So. Um, interestingly enough, I think that the way that a person is birthed into the kingdom is the way that they always are. So if you, if you, like for me, I love the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Like that's what I live for. When the services go absolutely ballistic and people are rolling on the round on the floor and miracles are happening and and gold dust is falling and you know angels are moving through the meetings and just crazy signs and wonders are happening and it's like you're levitating or whatever, that's like a premier service for me. You know, cloud <laughs> yeah. comes in and you like you know jump on the cloud or. You know, and get on the chariot with the horses. You ride it through the <laughs> services like that. That for me, that's a service. That's a service. That's a service. That is a service. And because because once you've tasted of the glory, there's nothing else to go back to. That's right. And when you go, when when somebody tries to take you back, and they're like, "We're bringing you into maturity." I'm like, "No, actually, you're just bringing me into religion." I like I've already experienced this and i yeah, know the fruit of it so people will say well we can well i don't agree with your experience you can argue with my experience but you can't argue with my manifestation because my life is fully lit and i'm serving jesus it's true it's so true, it's true i'm loving god every moment of the day you know i'm thinking about jesus every second so come on that's what i live for and then anything else that doesn't have that in it i just kind of bored with what like um, the significance of the prophetic within your own life? Like when when people like these words that you've been given, these prophetic words, and like these key like directional words that you've been given, um, where you're at, where you're at today, because of how how you received those words and honored them and stewarded them. Um, and I'm sure you have released words to people. Or even to churches, or maybe even to this church, 
where it was like a very significant word, but maybe you're like, you realize what you're giving. You realize like the, the, like the a prophetic word is that is like a gift. It's like this opportunity that didn't exist 20 seconds prior, but now, now there's an opportunity to see something really lay a hold of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that you've released words where people didn't really necessarily appreciate really what they were being given from the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a word and you're like, and you, and, and you're like, this, this is a gift from God. Like I know, how do you steward that? Like, how do you, um, uh, uh, what are ways that you, that, that when you get a word from the Lord that you really grab a hold of it and, and you're able to really see it manifest quickly because of how you, nurtured the word like what does it look like for you is it different every time or it or do you have kind of like a you know uh a way that you process and, and steward a word when you when you get it oh a lot of stuff comes to me um through prayer and so uh, i may have an initial encounter with the lord and then i'll i'll start to like pray into that and then i'll have several other like reaffirming, you know, encounters with God again that will give me faith to release it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, some of the more wilder words that I've had um, weren't necessarily even when I was in prayer. They just came on me. Like I would go into a vision and, you know, at dinner or like in, in, in my family kind of sees it too, like when I'm just checked out, when mm-hmm. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, like the word where I, I saw the earth the um the earthquake in, in the um in the stadium mm-hmm. and then the Pete Rose, like that whole thing. That that kind of transpired through a six month period, but that didn't even happen when I was like like worshiping the Lord. That happened when I was just one one time I was like I was driving. And I and I just left the car, which can be you know, <laughs> right. problematic. But I was that, and I saw it then. Um, I found that the more that I spend time with the Lord, the more that He comes and just like snatches you. Like you know, Paul Paul said, whether I was in the body or out of the body, one that was caught up in heaven saw things that were unlawful to speak. And then Peter was on the rooftop. He was not even, Peter wasn't even trying to go into a trance. You know, trance, like he was literally sure, seized into sure, an ecstasy. Sure, sure. Um, he wasn't, he was waiting on his dinner. Right. But he right. was just close with the Lord and the Lord was like, I'm going to seize you with this ecstatic encounter. So my my prophetic works a little bit differently than, uh, maybe some of the other ways that I've read about in prophecy or the guys that have put out the prophetic. I, sure. I'm kind of trying to process a book on, on the prophetic. Yeah. Uh, on the way that I um, kind of do see things. But everything flows out of intimacy with me. And I usually get seized in, 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 in rapturous experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess kind of what I'm getting at is like if, if, uh, like so, Bobby gave us a word when we were in Moravian Falls about uh, about technology guys coming to the church here mm-hmm. and receiving uh, technology from the Lord, uh, and it was going to bring in tremendous wealth 
in, into the church. So we like we got that recorded. Like that, that's awesome. What I'm wondering is, once that word is released, if we honor that word, is that enough? Like, there's not really an obedience thing there for us. It's not like if you do this, this will happen. It's like the. So I guess I've always kind of wondered as far as like what is our responsibility to steward a word? Like, if we honor that word when the word is released, is that enough? And now the responsibility is on the Lord to really to really see that through or is the responsibility on us to like we get that word we need to transcribe that word we need to release that word to the body you know and i guess that uh yeah that's right because i just want to make sure that i'm not like uh that i don't have some blank checks like like from the amazing prophetic words that have been released into this house over the years from incredible prophets i want to make sure that like if there's stuff in our YouTube files that that had like that hasn't been truly honored and you know what I'm saying like yeah. uh, making sure that we're really like truly stewarding the perfect so that we're not missing out on anything or is it the kind of thing where when it was released we honor it and God's gonna he's just gonna do it that whole thing of like how do we partner with the prophetic you know? I think you got to contend for the words and and you have to um, steer the the congregation in that direction. Because if two touch and agree on anything, it shall be done for them. So numbers matter. And it's faith really good. matters, man. It's like, really good. You know, because like a prophet can release the word, but if it's not received, you know, that um, it's, it's kind of like the, what kind of soil is it going into? Is it going into rocky, stony, thorny, or is it going into, um, you know, this lush soil that can produce? And so... Um, the word can't be received in the mind. It's got to be received in the heart. Yeah, that's good. And out of the the place of cultivating that that in your in, in the garden of the Lord, it begins to be fruitful and begins to grow up, and you begin to see it manifest. I think that some people sit back on their words and they don't ever try to move towards it at all. You know, um, but you need to begin to. Take that word and make it your own. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I like like what you're saying because even like personally, if you received a word personally, that you could take that, you could share that with somebody. Say, hey, I want you to come into agreement with me on this. I, I'm going to pray into this. I'm going to be. I'm going to vigilantly like go after this uh, and seek the Lord uh, for it until it, until it manifests. Right. I think that's really good. Versus like. If it's the Lord, it'll happen. You yeah, know? And, and but sometimes I just don't think we know what to what to do with the prophetic word. Like, what do we do with this? This is awesome, but now what? You know? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't put it on a shelf. Right. You know, I remember uh, years ago, uh, Chuck Pierce gave me a, a, a prophetic word. Uh, it was all about island nations. Wow. And he said, "I'm gonna God will give you governmental, um, uh, like authority in in." Um, like on island nations and and he didn't know it when he gave me the word but we were headed to the uk like um wow to 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 stay there uh for months now was before the brexit and and while i was there you know the lord had given me some a word about the brexit and all that stuff yeah and, yeah and so um he had no idea about any of that but i i immediately took a hold of it and I, um, I let him know also that his word was confirming. So, I, I mean, this might be a good thing to speak about as well. Um, one of the things that's great about when someone is re- 
delivering a prophetic word is that the person that is grasping a hold of that prophetic word also confirms what the prophet is saying because there's an agreement that's taking place there. That's like some of my friends, they'll, they'll have another guy that will have the microphone. And, they, and, and some, some people think, think, oh, that's over the top. But they're actually doing that on purpose because they're what creating What are they doing that. now? What, what like? Okay, so like, um, I won't name any of the prophets sure. or anything like that, but like buddies of mine, uh, Africans, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have a, one of the assistants, they'll have a microphone as well. And then like my friend will deliver the prophetic word. He'll say, you like... Uh, your name is this, blah, 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 or you have a child, the name of your child is this, he's six months old, his birthday is March 5th, you know, and he'll go, and he'll go through the scenario, and then they'll have the microphone on the person, and the person will say, yes, it's true, it's true, it's true. And that's all to create and build atmosphere, because what God's trying to do is he's trying to get us to receive not just the word of knowledge, because the word of knowledge is great. Like, I know your address, your phone number, whatever. That's great. But, but where God's trying to bring us to is for the prophetic delivery of the prophecy. Because the word of knowledge is in prophecy. That's right. That's right. The, 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 it's just the word of knowledge. It's getting you to attach to it, to know that it's God. So, I don't know you. But if I, you know, like whoever I'm talking to, I don't know that person. But if I say your kid's name is this, whoa, this guy knows my kid's name. Why? Why? How do they know that? Because God is wanting you to get ready for the word that he's about to give you right now. He wants to he wants to give you something that, you know, that there's no way that prophet could know as a, a is something to connect your faith with because the word that's about to be delivered to you is going to be so over the top that you're going to you're going to need that faith of that word of knowledge in order to receive what he's about to say. Yeah. And so uh, it's all about creating an atmosphere. Mm. You know, I've been in atmospheres where it's like so e- it's like butter to prophesy. I mean, you could. I mean, you could tell every person their their name. I've been in meetings like that where I've just been like, "Boom! This is your condition. This is your name. This is your kid's name. Who's this person? What's this phone number?" Like that, you know. Typically, it happens overseas. Wow! Like I was in a crusade, the atmosphere was so charged. I got some African name. I saw it written out, like in the atmosphere, you know, and I'm. And I couldn't even say the name. I had to spell it out. But um, that atmosphere is created. So what they'll do is they'll be like, you know, uh, you know, they'll confirm it through the microphone. They'll say, is that right? And they'll say, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then the crowd gets stirred up. And yeah, the reason people say, oh, that's hype. No, what we're doing is we're creating an atmosphere to take us to a higher place because we want the prophetic word, the decree to not fall to the ground. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And that can go out with a, with an entire congregation. Like a prophet can come in and this is again where a prophet doesn't necessarily uh, go off of his notes, you know, and, 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 and if a prophet is boxed in where he's not allowed to flow freely and he's not allowed to be himself 
then you, you've stifled the prophetic gift. That's right. And I've been in places where I came in and I literally just had to deliver the message on the notes and you could feel that the river was not there to flow and I couldn't go anywhere. And so I just, and, and, and because that, that you're boxed in and now you're not able to, to say anything. You're not able to release anything. So it's good. That's really good. I, I, this one of the things that I've, that I've noticed about you in the, 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 it seems like the various ways that God speaks to you, like it's, it's not, there's not really a system or a formula in it. It's like sometimes the Lord might speak to you before a meeting. Sometimes the Lord might be speaking to you like in a meet, you might go into a trance in a meeting. It might be something very kind of just subtle, like a whisper. It might be something like, but it, it just seems like, it just seems like when I, when I watch you in these different meetings and these different atmospheres, it just seems like you have your, your antenna up and, and you're just in this receiving mode in, in the, in the spirit. And, um, and yeah, I think that's really good as far as just, not having a formula or a formulaic way as far as I'm the way really, that we put God in, in a box and the way, the only way I, this is the way God speaks to me. Hey, you know, well, I'm really careful about that because I, I don't know. It may offend people that are watching this right now. I don't really think that you can put a formula to prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think that's scary mm-hmm. when you, when you're take when you try to, teach i mean you can teach some principles of prophecy and how to prophesy and move into prophetic um but if it's disconnected from intimacy then i don't actually believe you're moving and flowing in the spirit of prophecy interesting yeah interesting i think you're coming from a a a different a different spirit everything has to flow out of intimacy and you can't create a formula like well we're just going to create formulas for this stuff to happen yeah. I, I don't know. That's not my style. So yeah. I don't want to speak too much into it and to try to like correct anything because it's not my place. I'm just here to to do what the Lord sent me to do and have fun doing it. Yeah. And, and for me, um, the way that I flow is usually I have to get really drunk in the spirit. And the drunker that I get in the spirit, the more I begin to see. And there's like a faith in that drink. <laughs> When you start drinking, when I start drinking, I get more, there's like a faith that, <laughs> that c- keeps coming, 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 right. keeps building, you know, and that's even with miracles. Like some guys are super dry and that's fine. Right. Like I'm right. not dissing anybody, sure. but they can, and they can move in the miraculous and they can like, you know, give words knowledge and they're like, you know, but for me, uh, to go over there and pull that lady out of a wheelchair that's like literally crippled up like that, I'm going to have to get really hammered in the sauce of the Lord. <laughs> and then once I, once I see her in the spirit get out of that wheelchair, then I know that it's going to happen. Wow. You know? Wow. Wow. So for, for, for me, I want everybody to encounter the Lord. Yeah. That's the end goal. Going back to the soil thing, right? Like in, in just sowing into good soil. There's got to be times when you have received, like when you're getting some, something from the Lord for somebody or for even a church, and um, and uh, and and you don't actually give the word because you know they're not really going to receive it. Like I, that's an assumption, not a question. I guess I should turn that into a question. Are there times when the when when you're getting stuff and you realize the soil just isn't ready for? for this word or 
or or do you think like, hey, I received this from the Lord. I'm just gonna I'm gonna deliver it. Um, you know. Uh, I I used to th- I, I I used to think differently about prophecy than I do now. Okay. In the sense of when in the past, I always believed that everything. The prophetic is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. But there were some things that I saw mm-hmm. that um, that weren't that. They weren't necessarily edifying, <laughs> exhorting, and comforting. Right. They were more warning. Yeah, yeah. And I would pull back on that stuff because I felt like, well, that's not going to exhort them. There was things that I knew about people, like people's lives. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have necessarily said it publicly in the meeting, but like things that I that the Lord had shown me, but I didn't want to bring it to them because in the early days I thought maybe I'm wrong. Sure. You know, and and then secondly, that's not edifying. And then you know, um, and then I would see the scenarios play out, and I was like, man, I I saw that. Wow. And the Lord was wow. like, yeah, I because. Um, the, there's a Hebrew word called shamar, mm-hmm. which means watcher. Mm. And that's what a prophet is. Mm-hmm. He's a watcher. He watches over souls. The Lord watches over our soul. Yeah. And the prophet is there to deliver what God is watching over. And so sometimes a warning, and I'm not saying like blistering or abuse, like you and I both know, I, I can't. I can't sure, stomach, sure. you know, judgment prophets. Now I'm talking about judgment. What I'm talking about is like if the Lord is showing you something uh, that needs to be corrected. And typically it's not it's not with like everyday congregants. It's a lot of times with leaders. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and if you have a relationship with them, um, then you can go to them and you can speak those things to them mm-hmm. and kind of bring, bring, them, bring them into that. And I, I've done that. You know, now, but in the past, I wouldn't have. I would have just like said, you know, I'm not even going to bring this up because this this isn't. You know, I'm just going to think I'm meddling or prying or something. Yeah. So like you used to see it as like this isn't necessarily edifying, but now you see that it's it's such a protectional word. Like this is truly God's grace. Like they might interpret it as a judgment word, but really it's, it's God's grace. It's a warning word. It's like, Hey, like it, in a way it's kind of, it's somewhat edifying if you can look in the future far enough to yeah. see what'll happen if, if you don't, you know, yeah. And then God wants to course uses, correct or whatever. Yeah. The prophet, God uses the prophet to help cor- correct. And I think that a lot of times, um, if a prophet is received, uh, for their gift, um, and they're, they can really help direct, direct and help, you know, that's what Bob Jones did. I mean, you can see three really major ministries that, that Bob Jones affected, you know, Morningstar, IHOP, Bethel, mm-hmm. and, and, and God used Bob to release prophetic words and th- hundreds of other ministries, you know, that he, that God used him to kind of direct and and help you know along the way yeah and that's one of the things i appreciate about you and, and bobby and and bob is that there was a real uh um 
let's just go with balance. There was a great balance in, in the prophetic in that there was a diversity as far as what, what, as far as what God was saying. It, they were such diverse words, you know, um, and verses. Um, I think you can kind of get stuck in a, um, uh, you can kind of get stuck in a, uh, in a rut maybe prophetically, especially when there's resonance with people. Like it, it, when you realize that a particular kind of word really stimulates, really arouses people. Sometimes I think it's easy to stick with, with what seems to be working. But one of the, I mean, that's one of the things that I've really appreciated about you and, and Bob and Bobby is that like, here, here's the word of the Lord and it's, it's, you know, and it's going to be a word in season, but they're, they're diverse, they're, they're, they're diverse words. And what I'm getting at with this is that kind of what I'm wondering is if the majority of your words are correctional towards, you know, see, you've, you have brought correction to the, to the body of Christ, right? Bobby has brought correction to the, to the body of Christ. And yet I would say that, um, to a great degree, uh, a lot of what you guys are delivering is is um, also edifying. It's also encouraging. It's also like foretelling. It's speaking of future events that are that 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 are to come. And so I get a little bit nervous, I guess, uh, when when the majority of words are of one frequency. It's like if 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 I'm listening to your music and all I ever hear is just the subs and there's no mid-range. I can never hear the guitars, I can never hear the vocals. And there's some of that, I think, taking place right now mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God, and that it's a very limited frequency that's carrying resonance with a with one particular kind of, kind of people. And that's why I think it's important to, again, going back to the streams thing, of hanging out with, with people that are in different streams, hanging out with people that have um, uh, even different theological convictions and different values i think that there can be an accountability in that in that like we're hanging out together and bro your your subs sound great but we you need some eqing you know yeah. i think that that can happen relationally but some of the stuff out there in the prophetic right now is kind of it's kind of getting a little bit loud in particular kinds of frequencies and it you know yeah yeah i was talking to one one uh prophet and he was telling me that he did this uh, meeting um with a with a guy that was more on the um like the judgment kind mm-hmm. you know and um he's at this meeting and and all these these Asians are they're just like wailing gnashing of teeth <laughs> and he, he's like oh my gosh this is like so rough you know and this and this guy's like bringing it or whatever, and the Lord says to him, "Now I want you to get everybody whacked." He's like, "Lord, I can't do that right now. Like, you know, uh, this is, you know, this this is like wailing and gnashing of teeth. Like, there's no bringing this meeting back." And um, he said. <laughs> <laughs> He said that Heidi Baker had told him that um, if if I have to be in the desert, then I'm going to be drunk in the desert. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so um, he got up and he got everybody, you know, in that, in, in, in the joy. And so I, I believe there's a balance to it. Yeah. And, as, and, and, and um, you know, you got to be able to work with people, but. 
you yeah. know, bringing them, bring them to the state of where there's a, there's a good balance and this, the, the mercy of God and the severity of God yeah. is key. That's true. It really is true. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to lean towards something too heavy. And, um, uh, Kenneth Hagin always said, stay in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. You don't want to fall into a ditch on the, on either side. Yeah, so, that's good. That's good. It's, it's that place where like some people, they can't handle tension, any tension. And so they just manufacture their lives in such a way where it's so radically comfortable, right. but then they just get super lazy and, and full of apathy and just lethargy and, and, and there's no real fruit in their life. But then there's that other extreme where it's like we, we only thrive in a, an aggressive place of tension. If mm. there is, if there's no, you know, uh, uh, aggressive confrontation that we don't even feel alive. And, and, and so there can, right. there, there can be an addiction to, to confrontation. You know, and then there can be that place where people can't handle any confrontation and the slightest little bit of confrontation and they just see it as like anti-grace or something. And Mm -hmm. I think that that um, uh, uh, I think that's especially important for like a revival center, like here at Seattle Revival Center. I think it's especially important that that we are honoring the prophets, because when you honor the prophets and you bring in the prophets, they bring in a healthy tension. Right, you know, and and and, and that's where that that's I'm thinking about like the strings and the piano or on a guitar, like you you tighten the tension, it brings it into tune, and it makes it so it's so it's beautiful, and it, and it and it and it works, and it's you know I think that's what the what, what the prophets do in the kingdom is they 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 tighten the strings, you know, and they right. bring things back into tune. I think that's I think that's so important, I, and I I hope that we all have the maturity to have ears to hear, you know, what the prophets are are saying even even when it brings us an uncomfortable amount of tension within our hearts yeah i think too um a good prophet is going to have like a a really great balance in that in that um and you you may have noticed this when a, a prophetic voice comes in things that are in the atmosphere they they obviously bring the 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 atmosphere of god with them they bring the light of God with them. Mm-hmm. So if there is anything in the atmosphere that is not of him, it comes to the surface. That's right. For instance, like I've been in meetings where it was like you could cut it with a knife because it's like there's like an, excuse me, there's a tension that's in the room. And a lot of times that has to do with deliverance. Okay. So I, I've been in meetings before where there was like witches and, you know, there's, there's people that need deliverance. And... And, you know, it's that kind of push that, like, just just drives the atmosphere. It feels like a thing. fight in the room? Yeah, like, well, like yeah a... it surfaces all that darkness. And so, you know, you start driving out demons and stuff like that, and people are screaming <laughs> yeah. and all that, you know? Yeah. So sometimes, it, and you can feel that, like, oh, this is a, this is like a, a, a deliverance. There's like a, there's an atmosphere of deliverance. And I think um, a prophet that recognizes that those contrasts, you know, is really key to seeing breakthrough in that region. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. following what God is saying. Yeah. Because you got to go off the script and you got to be willing to kind of maneuver what God is saying for that moment. Yeah. Because prophets live in the moment. Well, I love I love what you're saying about going off the script because that's really what that's kind of what prophets do within the church is they come in and they have a great way to to break to break the code 
like to break this kind of church kind of encoding because mm-hmm. churches get get churches fall into these <laughs> very predictable algorithms into this predictable kind of coding and prophets have a, just a great way where it's where it's like you know that you could say the fruit of it is is somewhat biblical or whatever but they're not really they've they've fallen out of intimacy with the lord right mm-hmm. they it's not it's not about the first their first love anymore it's just we found something that, that's working for us you know right and uh, and and i think that that's such a great way the way that you phrase it is that prophets have a great way to come in and to and to break and to break that code to break the script so that there can be that spontaneity that we read about in the book of acts you know and and also that can um that can make people feel uncomfortable because going back to like a sermon outlines. Totally. So if you're sitting in the crowd, like a, a, you, some preachers, you would be able to follow their outline and exactly where they're going. And it, and it, and, and it, that puts you at an ease like, Oh, I, well, I know where he's going next with a prophet that is near, you don't know where he's going next. That's true. And, and, and if, and if some prophets were, um, to be honest, they don't know where they're going next. Yeah. If they're following, if they're following the river, they don't know where they're going to, where God is going to lead them. And, 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 you know, I heard Bob Jones say years ago when, when I first started going to, uh, Bob's meetings at the foundry in Nashville, he would come in and, 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 and he was like, uh, he would, he would say, there's three things that you got to do as a prophet. Um, show up, be on time and be empty headed. And I was like, empty headed. Hmm. And what he meant by that is that you don't have a preconceived idea it's of really the way good. the service it's is really going to go. Yeah. You're going to get into the service. Come you're going to feel what God's doing in the atmosphere, and then you're going to flow with I that. Love that. And I so love that. when a when a I prophet when a prophet is like so is intimate with the Lord, because without intimacy, from for I don't know about other prophets. I can only speak for myself. But if there's no intimacy there, there's no connection there. Then there can, then again, God can't carry me where He needs to take me, so everything again flows back to intimacy. It's really and good. God's prophet, you know, it says in Amos three 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 seven three nine, He says He reveals His His um, secrets to His servants, the yes, prophets. Yes. Uh, if you're not intimate with the Lord, you can't know His secrets. That's right. That's right. He doesn't share those with everybody. That's right. And so. Um, for me, going, coming into the meeting, not having a preconceived idea, but when I'm in the meeting, I'm asking the Lord, okay, where are we heading in this? Wow. Where are we going? Because that's where I want to be. Yeah. I want to be where you're at. Yeah. And it's like recently I saw a, um, uh, the Lord asked me, he said, you, he said, he said, Charlie, you want to be where I'm at? I said, yeah, Lord, I want to be where you're at. And he showed me this raging river that had no banks. It was just, it, it was, it was going like going, mm. you know, it was headed in a direction. It was actually going up the mountain. Mm. You know, the river of the Lord doesn't go down the mountain. It goes up. Wow. Wow. And, um, the Lord said to me, he said, get in the river. That's where I'm at. <laughs> he said, if you want to be where I'm at and where I'm going in this decade, he said, that's where you need to be. So good. Yeah. yeah that's so because good. Because the, the, once you allow, because on the bank, you can stay and just ankle or. <laughs> Or knee, 
But in the when you get in the middle of the river, the river is going to carry you. You're not carrying it anymore. That's good. And and that's where it gets tricky because people want to have their control. That's right. That's true. You know. It's true. The churches want to control, and I love pastors, man. You know. Yeah, I absolutely. Love, I love, absolutely. I love pastors, man. Yeah. But there's some places, and I've been in the past, where you could just tell, it's like, we're actually. We're actually going to steer where this is going. We're not That's just right. going to. We're not just going to let you have, you know, free reign. And it's like, well, then why'd you bring me here? Yeah, that's right. And and don't don't you think that's because of fear? I mean, I think that whenever I see 100%. myself, and you know, what's funny about myself is, whenever I go to start inserting my control, a lot of times it's in areas where I have no business to actually insert my control. And so, um, and I won't give any examples. <laughs> But I realize that oftentimes when I go to insert control, what it's actually doing is it's disempowering the people that I have trusted enough to empower so that when I insert my control, I'm basically saying I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And why why would I do that? Like why would uh, uh, confessions of a pastor here, right? Like why would I insert my control and disempower somebody that I trusted enough to empower in the first place? Because I'm afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid that something's going to go wrong afraid that they're going to fail and if they fail what like what like and if you start really kind of going down that that rabbit hole you'll realize that that it's just it's silly it's it's actually insane it's such a trick of such a trick of the enemy that that we actually think that when we insert our control that we're we're going to save a meeting from something you know we're going to like and, I, and, I, and so it's such a it's like so the, yeah the lord's really been putting his finger on that like I, I, I see myself about to step into, because uh, I think a lot of times pastors think that because they're a lead pastor, they're the overseer of an entire church. That that means that every little area of the church is their metron. Mm. You know, and yes, they have authority to speak into. They have authority to insert their control. But every time we do, we are actually saying to that body part, "You're not a vital part of it." If I, you know, if God's, and we've we've been in a few meetings together. And seeing God just radically using you in in a meeting, if I insert my if I insert myself, uh, what 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 I'm doing there is I'm I I am actually cutting you off from the from the body, you know I I'm cutting you off from. Uh, it, but if I can honor you and your function, it's like it's like all of a sudden you're a part of Seattle Revival Center and the Lord's using you as this body part, you know. And so, I mean, I think that this whole thing of learning to really trust God yeah. and really trust each other. And if stuff hits the fan, like there's grace, like we're right. going gonna to make it. Right. But you're really hitting on and I'm sorry to kind of hijack the, you know, but I think you're really you're really on to something. And I, and I don't think we're going to see real, true like king like real true kingdom vibrant flourishing moves of god until there's not just fivefold ministry but there's true like trust where like pastors can trust the prophets and mm. and 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 there's true like and i think when we start seeing five diverse completely opposite people in offices like loving each other and trusting each other and letting letting them be fully them i think we're going to start to see incredible moves of God in there where there's like an accountability that's never existed before, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, one, one thing I would say is that um, a mature prophet also recognizes that he's the friend of the pastor or or the, the overseer, the leader. 
uh, of of the congregation, and in turn, the the uh, lead pastor or the apostolic overseer has to recognize the prophet as his friend, because what some may not realize is that, for instance, I'm a traveling itinerant speaker prophet. I can say things to your congregation that you can't say. Mm-hmm. And that and that's one thing I think like millennial prophets need to understand is that they're not actually going for themselves. They're not to the church. They're and they're not actually even going necessarily for the people. They're actually going for that leader. Wow. Because wow. when you bring a prophet in, he can say things that you can't necessarily say to the congregation. Wow. Wow. He can help help bring correction where they may not necessarily um, you you wouldn't be able to say it, um, but that prophetic voice can come in and say it, and 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 I and I the reason I I I say that is because um, they can be mad at me mm-hmm. instead of being mad at you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, for instance, like if you come in and you're dealing with something, um, like, well, I don't know how I should present this. Um, something that's a, a situation that the prophet sees that's going on in the church. Uh, the pastor knows about it. He hasn't informed the prophet this, mm-hmm. but he's seeing this like this thing that's that's trying to destroy the people the congregation and the pastor doesn't know how to deal with it to present it he hasn't conveyed that message to the prophet but god wants to deal with that because he loves that that pastor he loves that church and so he brings the prophet in the prophet comes in and deals with that thing it may uh, disrupt um you know, somebody that's um, even taking advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like somebody that could be on a prophet could come in and see something that's happening in 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 the staff, mm-hmm. and just boom, he could hit that thing in a way that 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 the the leadership would be would not be able to do it because there would be almost like a a backlash from that. Yeah, absolutely. Because the prophet comes in and he can do that thing. He can speak into it. It's different, you know. I also think that we're that that oftentimes we're just um, we can't smell um, our own houses. Sometimes, you know, we're not familiar with our own house smell. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever been to somebody's house and you walked in and you were like, you know, like this 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 isn't a good situation. And yet the people living. <laughs> People living in the in the house, it's their house. Like this is, you know, they they love those fourteen cats. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, <laughs> no offense to anyone listening. Uh, and my point is, I think that that oftentimes the Lord will bring in the Lord will bring in the eagles, and they're seeing what's not just happening in the house. They're seeing what's happening in in the atmosphere and everything else. And the other thing is, I've 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 noticed and I've heard this kind of idea that uh, within you know within pastors and churches that 
if we should be able to create a wine skin, contain the wine, and do everything that God's called us to do without any, without the voice of any sort of outside prophets or without any sort of uh, ap- ap- apostolic relationship, or we should be able to do everything that God's called us to do and sustain it on our on our own. And yet, uh, I think that there's there's something very kind of proud in that. I think there's something very kind of an- anti kingdom in that. And I and I and I so believe that we cannot as Sierra Bible Center we cannot come into what God has for us in isolation I think a lot of times people think like pastors will preach that individuals shouldn't be in isolation so they should be in a church and then they'll and yet we have isolated churches mm. because they've completely cut themselves off from the voice of the prophets. They've completely cut themselves off from apostolic alliance and, and relationship and partnership, you know. And and so that's one of the things that's exciting to me about like a weekend like like this. Like as we honor the prophets, that we open like there's something that we cannot come into as a church unless we unless we can as a lifestyle honor the prophetic because nothing will be you know it, it has to be established through the mouths of the prophets you know right and so um yeah i think it's important that individually or corporately or whatever that we're able to really have a lot of honor and that we're not just trying to build something um just by ourselves so we can show everybody see i we, we had what it's you know we're gonna be the next bethel we're gonna be the next hillside and we're gonna do it in and of ourselves and when and when we make it you know, we can say that we did it. We did it our way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that that's really, an, true, truly anti-body. You know, an anti-kingdom. Yeah, and just not, you know. So you're also going to have relationship with the. Uh, um, you're not just going to let everybody and anybody come into your house, and I think that's really important that that um, um, with any movement or church that they that they have those relationships, you know, with prophetic voices, because without the prophet, you can't move forward without the apostle. You can't build, but without the prophet, you don't know what the future is. And so you see in denominations where, um, they're, they've been held back or they haven't moved forward. And it's because they don't honor the prophets. It's true. It's true. And I can name them, and I could show you, like, this is where the movement stopped because they stopped honoring the prophet. So they had no, uh, you know, and I know the, the, the leadership gets the vision, mm-hmm. but the prophet brings in the reaffirming, uh, like, helps with the direction. Like, he, he'll even, like, say, like, hey, watch out for this or this or, yeah, and kind of, like, navigate, helps navigate. And if, the, if that person is trustworthy... And that relationship is built there, then that's what matters. And the Lord told me a long time ago. He said, "Where I used to be able to go anywhere and everywhere." Yeah. He said, "He said you can't do that anymore." He said, "Because there's people that I've called you to, and you like those are the places that I'm sending you. Prophet is sent, you know. And and an evangelist can just go. Prophet can't do that. Yeah. The prophet is sent. He's sent to a place." And the same thing as the apostolic apostle is sent to a region. He establishes a prophet is sent to a person, a house. He's sent to that place. Um, and um, he's God's friend. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think it's kind of like prophets are kind of like keys and they're cut. They're cut a certain way. And so uh, 
there can be true legit prophets and they come to Seattle and they come to Sarah Allison and they're not really unlocking anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're not competent and it's not because they don't have character, but they haven't been cut for here. So there's not the chemistry. There's not the relational kind of chemistry. And I think that, right. um, that it's important that, uh, that we realize that it is kind of, we're all kind of like a puzzle, you know, and that there are good people that we're not necessarily supposed to be connected with. Mm-hmm. And I, and I told the Lord, you know, I said, cancel any, I do it every year. I do it every time, like, you know, every month I'll tell the Lord, mm-hmm. I'll say anywhere that you don't want me to be. Cause you know, you want to stay busy anywhere. You don't want me to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So cancel it. Well, thanks or, for not canceling us. Well, I'm you always, know, I'm you know, like, yeah. Or where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? That's where I want to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and that, that goes back to like Taiwan hmm. because Corona's breaking out. <laughs> Does it make sense to go to Asia? <laughs> right. You know, but the Lord's like, no, that's where I want you to be. See, people think, and I posted this on, I was kind of making fun of preachers uh, because they're, they're canceling meetings right now. Healing evangelists are canceling meetings right now because of Corona. I'm like, what are you, what? You're a healing evangelist. You're a healing miracle worker. And you're telling me you're canceling meetings because of, of, of Corona. And people were kind of pushing back like a few lovely saints were trying to push back on me. And they were saying, well, we need wisdom. You need you need to have wisdom. We don't need to go everywhere and but and, and this and I'm like, the safest place that you can be, is in the will of God. That's so good. When you're out of the will of God, it, you're you're in a dangerous place. You think because you're in your little house driving your car that you're safe. That's right. But if you're out of the will of God, you're not safe. That's I've right. been in the, some of the most dangerous places in the world, guns drawn, you know, all kinds of stuff, and felt at complete peace. And that was because I knew that I was there because God sent me there. Yeah, yeah. You have nothing to fear when God's with you. Well, that was you back in um, December going into the Middle East, right when all this stuff, right d- during the height of the tension between um, Iran and, and the U.S. Yeah. And you were going into a, a, a little a little place where they where you could actually see Iran from from that from that from that country, right? Right. You know, and uh, so yeah, that, that 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 was pretty crazy. Like just watching you go in, and I think when the Lord spoke to you, nothing had really none of that had escalated yet. But by the time you're actually flying in, things were things were pretty escalated. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was hot over there. <laughs> Not just in the in the natural. I wanted to ask you about. Um, there's some stuff that's happening right now. You know, I'm thinking about like the Super Bowl, and um, and Bob Jones' word about the if the Chiefs win and and revival, and then um, and then all of a sudden Bethel releases their new album, God of Revival. And I've got friends over there at Bethel, and they're like, they're saying stuff is breaking out there, and, and meetings are, are like the scripts are getting broken in, in meetings. Students are just getting just just uh, uh, when Leith Hetland was here just a couple of weeks ago. Bill sent him a text and said, "We're seeing outpouring here like we haven't seen since you know since the '90s." Cheon uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago j- gets blasted, says he's on the floor shaking uncontrollably in a way that he hasn't done since the '90s. The Lord speaks to him to go back to the original mandate. 
uh, given to him for for Harvest Rock. Go back to the original name, Harvest. That this whole thing is about revival and harvest. It feels to me like like we were in this incredible move of God in the '90s, and um, but then it feels like we almost um, uh, got too smart <laughs> and started and started wanting to instead of really going after the power of God, we wanted to understand the mechanics behind the power. Like, you know, and, and we've been in this, this era where there's been a lot of talk about reformation, Mm -hmm. reformation. Mm -hmm. It's not about revival. It's about reformation. And of course we've talked about that before. It feels like, it feels like our generation, the generation right now, feels like the kingdom is finally saying like enough theory, enough conversation, enough uh enough uh theoretical round tables we need a move of god like we need yeah. we need we need the raw power of god hitting us individually get us first right like us first and then everybody else right yeah. and it feels like it it feels like in 2020 there's a difference between 2019 and 2020 and it feels like the difference is is it the, the pendulum swinging back from uh, reformation theory to a desire for the raw power of God. Are you are you seeing that? Are you feeling that uh, in in the spirit in the spirit right now? As far as this desire to to just to go after it, to go after the the messy river. One <laughs> hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and you know the Lord told me. He said. He said. You, you can have a, a, a reformation, but then there's always going to be another one. See, an older generation, typically when you see reforms in, in, in governments, mm-hmm. those reforms come from an older generation. But when you see a total revolution, mm. it typically comes from the youth of a nation. Mm. And, and so um, when you have a reformation, uh, things can be reformed, but they can also be reformed again. Yes. So you can, you can say, you can, you can go to all these places and try to reform different areas in the world right now, but um, they will... That there will be another reformation where somebody else will come along with different ideas, different viewpoints, and they will also try to to reform it, you know, to break it into their culture. And that's why there's always been a clash between uh, the Christian culture and the secular culture because, and we're saying, we'll always say like in America, like we're going to reform the government. And then we, we'll see a, a, a change for a little bit. But then people get other people get back into power, and then there's a there's a restructuring again, and then mm-hmm. we're, there's always a constant fight. Mm-hmm. And a revolution, it's a total upheaval <laughs> of the entire structure. <laughs> right. So when that happens, and that's typically led by young by the youth, when that happens, the whole entire structure of everything completely transforms. Wow! Wow! So, like, God bless you if you're going after reformation, but what's what you don't understand is that there's a total revolution happening right now yeah and yeah. everything that and and what 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 is going to is going to change everything 
is going to be is going to be grassroots. It's not going to be from the top down. That's good. Because if you get the heart of the of of the youth of a nation, like right. it'll just completely like blow up. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah, that's so, right. So. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I, I think of also just like historically during different moves of God, there was no deliberate intent to reform anything necessarily. There, there was just this raw obedience and just uh, tenacious pursuit of the presence of God and the character and nature of God. And then it's almost like when the river, uh, when the when the river lowered in the in the in that revival dynamic, or you got out of the lifted, river, or like yeah, it's like when it's all said and done, you looked and the and the effect of the river was reformation. Yeah, and so it's almost like when you it's almost like when you and this is th- theory for me, but it's almost like if your if your pursuit is reformation, you can miss out on the presence and revival. If you're it's like if your if your pursuit is Jesus. Right. And to see his character and nature, to see his kingdom come, his will be done. If you pursue that, the effect will be reformation. You know, it's like... I don't think you can go wrong with, with presence, man. Yeah. Presence is everything. But I like what you're saying. I really like what you're saying about it's so important that we don't neglect the youth of this nation. That that, that, that is... There's, there's radical influence that our youth carry... To 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 change the fabric of everything. Yeah, yeah, and getting them into an encounter. Absolutely. I mean, because we're like on the I, we're on the um, like the latter part of the millennials. Because I'm I'm gonna be 38 on on Monday, mm. but um, I was thinking about. I think 38. You, Come on. I can't believe I'm 38 years old. I feel like I'm 18 still. Um, I was thinking about all these other guys that never experienced 94, never been to a Rodney meeting, uh, never, never went to Brownsville, never, you know, went to any of that stuff. Um, and, 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 and it's like, what, like, man, that's where it's at. You know, yeah. For me, that's where it was at. Like yeah. the first time I went to a, a Rodney meeting, like I'd read books on on revival, or people I would go to meetings that talked about revival, mm-hmm. like we need revival. Then I went to like a Rodney meeting, and it was like, it was like people were getting jacked, and I was like, <laughs> dude, this isn't this guy's not talking about revival, you know. This is this is right, like a right. move of that's God. Right, this is, right. and, and and others too. Like there's a, a, like other other guys that I I was just attracted to as a as a young person that were just it was it was a move of the spirit, man. It was like singing in tongues and just you know just people were getting wasted, you know. And I go this this is what I want. That's right. That's like right. we can we can go over here and you know we can have whatever discussions you want. I and I like and, and I like theology and sure, I like, sure I like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if our theology doesn't lead us to an encounter with God, with the presence of the Lord, then what does it really mean? Yeah, that's it's right. a lot of head knowledge. That's but right. It's, there's not a lot of heart connection. That's and, right. And so um, maybe that's just the mystical nature of who I am that. I just want to be where he's at in the presence 
if it's there, that's where, that's where I want to be. Come on. You know, come on. And, and if, and, and if like, I'm all for going to the board meetings and, and, and prophesying and doing all that stuff. But I've sat with millionaires. Mm -hmm. I've been in meetings with millionaires that you wouldn't know are millionaires and they're getting plastered in the spirit, you know, plastered in the spirit. And that, and then the end time, and the, and the goal is here is like, and then you see where their business is connected into the harvest. Yeah. So I think we should yeah. say, I want to say this too. I mean, what is your purpose of your kingdom business? Is it to fund the end time revival? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much are you actually putting into harvest? Because wow. I know guys that are in other nations that own businesses and they're putting stuff, they're like putting money into the harvest. When I talk to the, like some of these guys in the West and they're saying, we're going to reform, or we're going to take this mountain and do this. I'm going, I'm going, yeah, but how much money do you, are you, is your business putting into the harvest? Yeah. Yeah. How, I'm, uh, like you want to take that mountain? Okay, fine. Right. right you want right, to be the right. pinnacle of that mountain? Right. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'll prophesy all day long. But let me ask you this. How much of, is of your of your you know because you're an apostle to the marketplace apostle how much is your how much of your business is actually going towards it's really good. funding it's really good the billion soul harvest yeah it's really good that's what I'm wondering yeah because if it doesn't end in harvest and it doesn't end in outpouring and revival. Man, I don't know what what the what the goal is here. Yeah, and maybe somebody needs to just come and speak to me. Please do, like, change, tell, explain it to me, because a lot of it's just it's for me is just listening to a bunch of dry stuff that isn't leading anywhere. Yeah, and and it's like, dude, let's get on with this thing. Yeah, come on, let's get the kingdom. Like, let's take your business, and you want to take your business up up into the glory, like. You know, start winning souls. Yeah, it's such a good question, man. And uh, and and as people are listening to this, that's that's why there's comments like this will be on YouTube and also in uh, uh, SoundCloud, and you can leave. But like, I'm curious for like for people that, that that's really the identity of their business as their kingdom business. What percentage, you know, of your profits are you designating towards kingdom endeavors? You know, and oftentimes, you know, people in, in places of business business love to talk about their profit margin and where they're investing and, and giving back, especially within um, uh, just the, the the secular marketplace. You know, like the companies that are thriving right now are boasting about their altruistic efforts and they're giving back into humanitarian and, and philanthropy projects throughout the nation. So everything from the Gap to Google, like it's it's right. hip right now to give back. And so if you know. Uh, It'd be really cool, even if you don't put it in the comments. I mean, shoot me off an email because I'm curious. I think it's a great question. Um, uh, yeah, uh, who who is out who's out there and what kinds of cool? Because that stuff doesn't necessarily it, get talked about. A and whole again, lot. though, but I'm and not. I'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not talking about humanitarian. Right. I'm not talking about like feeding the poor and like you know clothing. That I'm talking about. I'm talking about like soul winning Come crusade on. evangelism like when was the last time business business like 
person? When you got a uh, Fortune 500 company, when was the last time you bought a stadium for an evangelist so he could just wreck a city? Yeah, come on. The event that you did um, this last year, uh, where was it at? Uh, the one where Greg went with you, um, my mind just went blank. You're talking about Pakistan? Yeah, Pakistan. So what was the cost for that uh, for that crusade? $100,000. $100,000. How many people uh, were, were saved? 550000 So you had 550000 Over four days. Uh, documented, you know, you guys were counting, like, there's only one way in. I, I know that, like, okay, so had you done the math to see, like, the dollar price per per soul, per yeah. commitment for Christ? I mean, that that's an incredible... That's such an incredible uh, investment where people could sow. People are not just sowing into your ministry. They're not just sowing to build you a new website. Like when people are giving into Destiny Encounters, they're literally, they're actually making it possible for the gospel to be preached to people that have, that have never heard the gospel before. And not just salvations, but also just the miracles, like the, 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 what you walk in in that miracle realm and how, how miracles open up those regions right. to where to where where th- those those grounds are just being flooded with people because the, the 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 story gets out this, the testimony of Jesus gets out and now everybody wants a miracle the stories that came back from Pakistan were incredible they're like acts to you know stories and I would really encourage people and I'll make sure that we put you know destiny encounters and your information in the show notes because you're really going after some stuff you're really going after souls this year in 2020 and not just in the nations you are going out to the nations of course and doing some crusades but this is the first year in 2020 this is the first year that your ministry is actually going to do a crusade in the u.s oh yeah in chicago illinois in chicago in september in a, yeah in in the inner city and we and we run our and even our crusades we run them different man because they're all about the move of god like, it's not just about preaching a message, altar call, you know, and even like a, a token like miracles. Like it's like that last night in Pakistan, it was like full blown open heaven. <laughs> I mean, they were so hungry that the stage they were like trying to get on this like the stage was about to come apart. We we had to get our people on the bus so that nobody got hurt. Wow. They were taking wow. like little babies and like crowd surfing them so we would pray for them. I mean, we would like I've been in you know there's there's uh, videos and babies that were attached to oxygen and like, yeah, yeah yeah like they, tubes from they taking them out of the hospital. I mean, crazy stuff, man. Yeah, and, like like 12, 13 babies or something that were just, hand, that like, parents just Gave their babies up. Yeah, and yeah. Them up. Crowd surfing them over the crowds to to, to, to get them into, um, you know. So we pray for them. It's incredible. And and it was like an open heaven, man. People singing like worshiping Jesus for forty minutes in Islamic nation, four hundred thousand people, and 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 I was, you know, Greg was there, and, and he can tell you. I mean, my my message was all about. Um, you know, the well of salvation and taking a drink. We were getting people like doing barrel shots, like getting them drunk in the Holy Ghost and Islamic nation, 400,000 people like, you know, <laughs> drinking so in awesome. the spirit. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's all about, again, down to like our, our, um, you know, our school's, 35 people to 400,000 people. It's all about the number one goal 
getting people to encounter the Lord. Because I nothing else changed me. Dude, I'm telling That's you, right. nothing else will change. Like That's you right. get an encounter with the Lord, one encounter. That's why our, like we call the ministry destiny encounter. It's one encounter with the so Lord. Good. You yeah, drink so that drink. You take that pill. You take the come red on. pill, bro. You're come done. On, come on, it's on. Come on, come on. Like you're going for a ride. Yeah, come on. And so it's all about bringing the person to the place of choosing the encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And, and so we we see that in, in in you know in the open the open air meetings, and we're going to do that in in uh, Chicago. Awesome. In awesome. The, in the ghetto. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, and we're hoping to bring a, a big team from Seattle and be a part of that. It's going to be it's going to be historic, man. Dude. Bring it. Yeah. I, you know, I think the younger you are, I think the more um, immortal you feel as far as just being here forever. And I think the older you get, the more there's just this certain sense of your mortality. And yet most of us take our time and our money for granted. And I, and I think that this is a year for people just to be very serious with their time, their passion, their money, and to stop wasting it. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your money. Stop wasting your passion. Stop. Uh, maybe this is the year that you, that you stop wasting your time with, with dead-end, religious, fruitless things, and you really start to look at where are you pouring in your passion, your time, your relationship. And, you, and, and you know, Jesus said, if you've got, you got branches that aren't bearing fruit, prune them off they're good for nothing like the only way to bear fruit is to is to prune and maybe this is a year that people are listening that that you evaluate your branches and you look at that at at, at, at branches that aren't growing fruit and you and you realize you're not going to be here forever so start 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 taking your time a little bit more seriously start taking your money a little bit more seriously and really begin partnering with what the Lord's doing on the earth. Because God is moving, and we just don't have time to be connected to dead things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Charlie, you know, I'm sorry. Like, whenever whenever we do this, you always get me worked up, dude. Uh, like, I don't get worked up with other people. But I'm always, like, I'm always ready to get my preach on whenever I get to. Bring it on, dude. I'm telling you. You know, God's called us to be kings, though. And, and in order to wear the crown, you got to have the name of the Lord on your forehead. Wow. And... You know that means that you're you you got to get you got to get brainwashed. Come on, <laughs> and your and your brain has got to be washed with the with the water of the word. That's good. And so, to wear that crown, you got to have his name. That's good. And when we we have his name and we're are we're brainwashed, man, we think differently. We think about how what are, where our time is going what are what our business is connected into what are we doing like with our with our day it's really good you know and and bob jones said this is the decade of rest it's so good it's so good so it's not even like we're it's it's effortless like you know we're called to sit as kings on the throne with the lord in the glory and and bring his kingdom on the earth. Come on. And we don't have to do anything he's not telling us to do. We stay right in the middle of, of the move of God. And God's going to carry us. And um, man, I'll tell you, like in, like with investments or your business or whatever, it's all about resting in the presence of the Lord. Getting getting your brain washed and, and, and letting like, you know, the glory of God come out of your crown. And then as soon as that happens... Man, the earth gets flooded with the glory of the Lord, and that's, that's good. everything. Everything touches your family, touches your business, touch. You know, I love to go into board meetings where people are laid out in the glory, <laughs> whacked. 
you want to talk about reformation <laughs> How, i i want to i'm i'm excited to see a a business that's like becomes a fortune 500 company that's just like how do you get your ideas well we just get whacked in the holy ghost come on and see that sounds crazy but the foolishness like the like people say well that's foolishness it's like no the foolishness what people call foolishness is actually the wisdom of god that's right that's right anyways well we got our ourselves a meeting here we do, man. Let's. It's gonna be fun. It's, tonight's gonna be awesome. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> this has already been awesome. I'm glowing right now. <laughs> well, thanks so much, man, for uh, for for doing it again. I think this is probably our uh, our 800th podcast that we've done together. But it's always you, you always get me fired up. Man. I gotta do fun. some more from the road, man. I've been being, exactly I've been lazy, like getting interviews from people. Yeah, man. I'm gonna kick it back up. I'm gonna like. Man, the, the the conversations that you've had have been amazing. And, and around tree, the one you did with Kirby, man, people should definitely go and listen to the one you did with Kirby. That was awesome. Gary Beaton, yeah, that was fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it. This is the year. I, I declare this is the year, Charlie. More podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Man. All right, man. Love Thanks, you, buddy. you, bro. All right. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarenshow.com. That's thedarenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarenshow.com. Thanks, guys.